welcome to the show. Vassos, first of all, off you go. Um, I may have taken credit for this at home, so hopefully Caroline's not listening. Yes. But you, uh, yesterday on the show, <laughs> ask not what we can do for the show, but what the show can do for us. Yesterday, I, pl- I made a plea for, can somebody make a suggestion for what to do for date day tomorrow, which is today, uh-huh. um, with me and Caroline? Because it's my turn to choose and I've got nothing. And, Ca- and Chris, actually, Chris came up with the idea. He said, why don't you take her for a gong bath? So I said to Caroline, look, I've had this great idea. Oh, yeah. Um, what about a gong bath? And um, and she said she lo- absolutely loved it. Perfect. And Chris also got me the name of somebody who does gong buds in Marlowe. Wow. So I emailed her and I said, um, do you have any availability for gong buds either tomorrow or next Tuesday? And she said, um, I'm fully booked Tuesday today. And those are the last gong buds I'm ever doing. <laughs> I don't know. But this lady's called Tilly and she lives in Marlow. And Ali, who works for me and is a friend of mine, first and foremost, was a friend before she worked for me. Um, she's been to have this gong bath with Tilly and she says she's amazing. She lives just behind the cricket bench. <laughs> and she said, like, she was born to do this. Why is she stopping? That's... She, she, uh, she told me why oh, she's she stopping. Told... Yeah. Oh, does it ruin the story? A little bit. Okay, let's not go there then. Okay. Um, but look, there's there's clearly a vacancy. There's demand for a gong bath guide in Marlow. Why why don't you instead of taking Caroline for a gong bath today? Why don't you enrol her on a gong bath um, uh, masterclass tutorial to become a gong bath teacher, and then you can move to Marlow, and we can see if we get on. Yes, off the radio because we don't get on on the radio, but we might. We, we might. We might off. We might in real life. <laughs> IRL. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. That's hilarious. No, I'm sorry. I'm fully booked today, and this is the last day I'm ever doing gong baths. <laughs> That's so ungong bathy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just you'd say something else, wouldn't you? You'd say I don't know what you'd say, but you wouldn't say that. <laughs> I now want to know why she's giving up gong baths, but I sort of I do, and I sort of don't. All uh, right, morning, Chris. Um, uh, the awesome Brecky crew. I'm so glad today is check-in day as a positive mental health champ at work and mindfulness practitioner. I love the idea. I've already checked in on myself and we'll be saying hi. How are you to a few pals after I get back from the gym, says Colin and Leith. It's not nice. check-on. It's not check-on day. It's check-in. Mm. Check-in with yourself. Check-in with some other people. I've already checked in with people. Me too. Have you? Congratulations yep. who? My brother. This morning? Yes. Didn't you do him last week as well? No, I did the other brother last week. Okay, that's <laughs> fair enough. That's, yeah. that's allowed. Uh, one brother a week. Yeah, you don't want to linger on a check-in. <laughs> Tiffany and Chris and mum and dad in Lincoln uh, we're listening to you this morning on the Labour Ward having welcomed our new baby daughter Indy Ray Brown to the world at 3.20am this morning that is a new listener yes you know they call it a baby we call it a listener everybody we had triplets yesterday Rachel three new listeners three new listeners have more babies have more babies good morning Chris and all you marvellous humans my daughter struggled at school with reading so we found a dyslexic visual optometrist it's changed her life. She's now reading Harry Potter. When a year ago, she was struggling with basic readings. Excuse me. It's so, What was that? I've not had anything to repeat. I know what it was. I'll tell you in a minute. It's so worth the money to see your child flourish. Laura in Worcester. Quite right, too. We have a genius lady on today. She's going to talk all things mental health, but, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have any experience or suspicion of ADHD, you know, or hyperactivity, um, you know, um, which is the wrong name for it anyway, because it's a superpower, you know, or you have any diff- um, um, learning differences in your on your radar, in your orbit, then this, you have to listen to this lady called Sarah between 9.30 and 10. And if you can't, check out our podcast, which is the Chris Evans Show from 10 a.m. every day. It's not a rewind. It's not a listen again. It's its own thing. And people are loving it. The repeat you may have heard then, mm. what well, you did hear, may have been from what happened yesterday. I went for a flow test yesterday, a urine flow test, a urinary, uh-huh. urinary, urinary flow test yesterday. And what you had to do, Rachel, you had to arrive at the clinic with a comfortably full bladder. I think oh, that's a, what is a comfortable It's an oxymoron well, is what it is. Nothing, it's yes, just an oxymoron. All it is is an oxymoron, that and a nightmare. Mm. So obviously because we drink loads during the show, don't we? Yeah. Um, we used to do, actually drink alcohol during the show in the old days but now we just drink lots of water and fruit tea and all that kind of stuff because that's where we live nowadays at the end of the show yesterday i was thinking oh my bladder is not is un- already uncomfortably full and i've got a cycle ride to the clinic and you know where the saddle goes and you've seen my saddle mm. and you've seen the angle of my saddle mm. none of that is going to be helpful to holding on to anything that might be in there which was a lot at the time so i had to make this decision do i try and get to the clinic and the appointment for 11 if i cycle 
if I cycle at normal speed, I'll get there at like 25 past 10. So I've got to hold on in the clinic, which in a way is, you know, there are less distractions there. So it's harder to hold on to whatever may be there. So I bit the bullet. I took a chance and I, I went and I, I offloaded mm-hmm. here. So my bladder was really, really full. So therefore, it's really, really empty. So it's in the worst position ever. All right. And then I left here at 10 past 10. The, the appointments, uh, the, the test, the examination is at, um, is at 11. I am now completely empty, of, as far as I know, of all liquid. I then passed Vassos at some lights. And, uh, you know... <laughs> was he running or cycling? No, he was cycling and I was cycling too. Oh, caught up with him. And well I, done. I flew through across the, this junction and I heard this guy say, Red light! And I'm like, you have no idea, mate. You may be seeing a red light. I'm seeing stars at the moment. This is, and and then he, he catches up to me. It's him. He's the red. He's the red light guy. By the way, you've done, you've said that before. That I was have not. that wasn't your first rodeo. <laughs> that t- wasn't your first rodeo. The only time I've ever said that before <laughs> was on Grayson Road. I was on my way back from presenting a show on BT Sport. Well, you've been practicing. And, and a guy and a guy went through this red light. and nearly got run over. Yeah. And then at the next lights, I caught him up mm. and I said, mate. I wouldn't do that because, you know, it gives us all a bad name. And, and also, you, did you see you nearly got killed? And he went, you know, sort of, mate, and, and, and started squaring up to me. And I, for the first, for the one and only time, thought, I'm not having this. And so I squared up to him. And then I realised, and I didn't know if it should matter, but it, it's something that occurred to me, that I still had my TV makeup on in my only, in my only square up fight in London ever. I had a full head of makeup on. Full head of makeup, face, face of makeup on, and this is when you were working for CB BT BC, as a clown. <laughs> BT Sports is pretty much a clown. No, CBBC, yeah. it was CBC. Um, so anyway, so I'm so I get there, and I, said, I explained to the lady, she said, Oh, you're joking. <laughs> I said, No, I'm not. She went, Oh, it must the, happen a lot. You're the third person this morning, yeah. it's only 20 past 10. Look, try and drink as much water as you can in the waiting room. You know, and I'll tell the people that you're probably going to have to wait a bit. But then what's going to happen to you? Because of this, one of the reasons you're coming in here is because what's going to happen to you next is you're then just going to have to go like straight away. So then we're just going to look, I sit in the red alert chair, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. You're you're the third red alert person this morning. No, you're right. And I still have nothing. So I drink a litre of water. Have you ever tried to drink a litre of water in five minutes? No. It is on. It is so unpleasant. It is so unpleasant. Then I drink another litre of water, right? At which point I just I don't know what to do with myself. And then I drink another litre of water. I have three litres of water in ten minutes. It's unbearable. And we were saying today before the show, <clears throat> excuse me, that life is strange. You know, you can make life so hard so quickly to make the rest of your day seem so more palatable. So we know that you can do a seven-minute hit workout. We know that you can do a one-minute plank. You know, and you'd be shaking at the end of it. And it's the same thing. You know, I arrived there, I'm completely fine. I'm a bit panicky and I'm a bit, I'm very apologetic, you know, and I've got a story. You know, I'm bringing all of the drama with me. And then, but then you, you drink three litres of water and you're doing a whole world of discomfort, you know. And it's so easy for us to get into that for, for the best reasons as opposed to the wrong reasons. So you get this chronic buildup of things that aren't pleasant, or you just do something that's really unpleasant for 10 minutes, makes the rest of the day feel amazing. And that's where we live, isn't it, again? You know, so so anyway, then I I, I get to the, I go I, I need to go now, um, but of course because what happens is he's there to check the so I'm having um, uh, what's it um, ultrasound ultrasound to check the size of my bladder and the size of my prostate all that kind of good stuff you know, and so um, when you drink the water it doesn't go to your bladder straight away you've got to wait because it goes to your tummy first so there's this there's this whole process going on and you, know, and you haven't got a clue but then of course. You know, all that water puts pressure on the other end, oh. and so you got. So I had to go to the to the cubicle, the comfort cubicle, to for other stuff. Before, before, but without. I had to. Yes, without. Oh. But that's that's, I, that's I a know, challenge in itself. I know. I don't think that's possible. I didn't think it was. Let me tell you, it is, but only just. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you go. And you, you, you meet Dr. H and he says, weren't you here seven years ago? I did you seven years ago. Let's see, let's see how you... You were all right then. Let's see how you measure up now. And then... So then, then he does the ultrasound and then you go for the flow test. So you've got to hold on while he's pressing against your tummy with the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're all gelled up and it's like... Wah! And then you finally go and barely anything comes out because he's still not that ready. 
And then for the rest of the day, you know, you're like a racehorse. <laughs> Literally for the... I had a sauna. I had a one-hour sauna, mm. you know, 20 in, 20 out, 20 in, 20 out. And I didn't drink any water. And two or three hours of that, I still look like a racehorse. The whole day. <laughs> Did you get the results? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't actually care what they are anymore. <laughs> Can't be any worse than what I went through. No, I, I got some of the... I got a, a sense of the results and it's all good. good. But, um, yeah, anyway, sorry, none of this is... With this, none of that is what's going on today in the world. I don't know if people want to hear that first or not, but we'll find out, I'm sure. Uh, woman spotted face of Shrek in her ice cream. We could get into that later. <laughs> well, we don't, we've, never had, we've never had Shrek before. No, but we haven't had a, Shrek. A, it helps if you have um, pistachio ice cream because that's Shrek coloured, Yeah. And we, we often have Jesus on pizza boxes and Che Guevara yeah. in crisps, you know. And for Che Guevara, to be honest, see Jesus. Yes. For Jesus, see Che Guevara. Um, Princess Anne visits Coronation Street. She wasn't on it, but she was in it. No, she, was, she wasn't in it, but she was on it, um, um, which is nice. Uh, what else is going down? This is the spider, which Rachel can't look yeah. at. Uh, rare and giant trapdoor spider species, Euplos dignitas, discovered in Australia. And it doesn't look like a spider. It looks like the inti moon, the inti, sorry, the inti image of the sun, which is, is this image here? I, I you can't, obviously can't see it on the radio, but it, I don't know. The inti image of the sun is the ancient Incan sun god. He's revered as the national patron of the Inca state. That's, that's him there. And I think the spider looks a bit like... In, yeah! Yeah, because you have inti inti spider, so you could have inti... Inca wincy spider. It's not that wincy, though, is it? But you're providing the wincing. Yeah. Aren't you? Man said bailiff's loot in airport to get four and a half grand back from Wizz Air. Great story. It's a great story. Well done, pal. Taylor Swift. Did you get it? Uh, I haven't read on yet. Okay. I haven't got time. I haven't got time. I haven't got time for the show. We do, the show doesn't have time for the show. Taylor Swift suffers stage mishap as hair stands on end during her era's tour. Uh, this is because she's on stage so long, things are bound to go wrong. Because the longer you're out there, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld famously does an hour. He only does an hour and he looks at his watch and he makes no apologies for it during the set. He does an hour because he's... And he's the funniest guy in the world. And he says, I do an hour because the longer you stay out there, the more chance the audience has of winning. And this is a world title fight. And if you stay out there for long enough, they will win and you will lose. Taylor doesn't see it like that. She doesn't care. care. She's (laughs) Tay-Tay. Still no European um, dates announced for this tour, but she's playing five nights at the SoFi Stadium in August when we're there. So I'm going. Have you got tickets? No, but I'm going to get them. I'm going to get one anyway. Yeah, just I don't care about the kids. No. <laughs> Emily came into Mary's room at 8pm last night and said, I just want to show you something. And mm. I went, oh, Emily, she's about to go to sleep. She goes, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then she showed her younger sister some stuff from Taylor Swift's gig. Right. Which was, forget, forget sleep for the next hour. Yeah. First World War baby sells Somerset home. After living there for 102 years, another great story. Computer mouse that inspired Steve Jobs. So for £147,000 at auction. This is sort of computer, this is techie memorabilia. Um, and I love this. If this is the lane that you swim in and you've done all right, you want a bit of a trophy from the past or some, some kind of, you look at it every day, you go, That's, that, was so, that, was, that was Steve Jobs' first mouse. You know, that would, that would be fine, wouldn't it? That's like the ultimate affirmation to have in your house if you can afford yeah. it. Um, Cambridge University boosts economy by £30 billion. It's not a typo. That's £30 billion. Well done, Cambridge. And AI... Wei- is it Wee Wee or Weiwei? I Weiwei. OK. AI Weiwei reveals Lego recreation of Monet's water lilies at Design Museum. By the way, have you seen the new Lego um, Land Rover? Um, no. the The anniversary Land Rover. Oh, it's awesome. It's off the charts. Isn't that mint green? You can get... The new Land Rover's coming in the mint green now. Nice. They also come with eight seats. Three rows of seats. Who doesn't want that Land Rover? Football fan nets 115 grand with a unique Panini sticker of Lionel Messi. You're going to see him, aren't you, Lionel Messi? I'm hoping so. I'm currently struggling to get tickets to PSG, but I'm going to be in Paris while he's playing. So, at some, yeah, like you and the SoFi Stadium, I'm going to be at the yeah, Parc des Princes. I'm going to struggle to get. I'm just going to pay whatever they cost. Yeah, it's what you can do, Vas. You can. No, I am. I am doing that. Do you mean you're struggling to get tickets? In brackets, for free. No, I'm not. I'm struggling to get tickets <laughs> that isn't in one of these ticket resale sites. That, and then you look at the, the, the you know, the Trustpilot reviews and everyone goes, oh, I never got the tickets, I never got the tickets. What All I right. don't want is I to see. not get the tickets. So you don't mind paying the premium? Yeah, I don't mind paying. But you just don't need to be bogus. Exactly. OK, all right. Good. Uh, beavers to re- be reintroduced in West London to help tackle climate change. That's beavers. That's your beavers. Cool. In West London. So where are they going to go then? Where's the river? Well, Canals, rivers? Wetland Centre. Yeah. 
Nice. Queen Elizabeth and Taylor Swift among most used passwords in 2022. I think there's going to be Taylor Swift stories in the papers now, literally for the next five years. She's the new... She's the new newspaper story person. You know, who was it? It was it was Tony Blair for ages, wasn't it? It was Princess Diana for ages. Other people have had their runs, but Taylor Swift, I think she she because she's she's it's like she lives around the corner, no matter where she is in the world at the time. But by the way, she does actually live around the corner from us now. She's moved to Belsize Park. Because mm-hmm. she loves Britain. She's an Anglophile. Lego's created a version, a miniature version of the iconic Defender 90 to celebrate London Rover's 75th anniversary. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I mean, you could say the first uh, bit of that wasn't necessary. Lego's created a miniature version, but they do do life-size versions because they've got a they've got a life-size Aston Martin James Bond DB5 in their Leicester Square showroom, and I pass it every day, and I never ever cease to be amazed by it. And I've seen it ha- however many years, well, f- five years now. We, yeah, this is our fifth year doing the show. Mm. I must have passed that. It's 210 shows a year or whatever it is. I don't know. So where are we? At least 800 and 900 <laughs> times. And I, this, today, it was like, wow, that's great. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Every time. How many pieces for a full-size uh, DB5? Can you, can you buy? Do they sell full-size kits? Puzzle, you know. Because, you know, they sell pretty big versions of things. You know, um, 125th. Scale, you know, 182, whatever it may be. Can you buy that? Can you buy that? That's the more deep. Can you buy like, I want that. I want that one. James, how, how long would it take to build? Don't know, James May, do you remember James May built a working Lego car? A car that actually, a Lego car that actually worked. It had an engine. The engine was Lego. Was it like a Lego, Lego technique? So it was the proper Lego It engine. was a proper, it was oh, a wow. yellow. I'll never forget, it was yellow. It was a single seater. And he built it. And it, it 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 ran. It had an accelerator, a pedal, and a brake, and it. <laughs> I mean, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's I mean, you amazing. wouldn't want to hit anything, would you? Because just fall apart around you. <laughs> That'd be funny when it quit release. Um, were you able to get him out of the wreckage? No, the wreckage got sort of freed him. Released him as it was. Listen, so much to talk about on the show. We're way over time already. What's up, Vassus? What are you brandishing? Well, there? just no. You mentioned it, but yes. it's just beautiful, and it's on the front page of the Times this morning. This um, Monet's lilies. In Lego by the artist Ai Weiwei. It's just, it's staggering. Do you think that that's Lego are on a bit of a PR push at the moment? Yeah, when aren't they? Yeah. When aren't they? You know, they're, they're not having Taylor Swift grabbing the headlines, Lego. Here, Lego, here, Lego, here, Lego. Um, what, about, what else should we talk about? Well, she still is on the front page we of the Times to... as well, Taylor. Obviously. I know, of course she yeah, is. Yeah. There's, so, there's so much to talk about. I just want to highlight we have an amazing guest on today. If you have anybody in your life, life has dyslexia or trouble just left between left and right, I have a mate who gets left and right wrong all the time. It's all the same thing. It's all to do um, with retain reflexes from when you're a kid, honestly. And you can re- you can retain them for the rest of your life. So if you meet somebody who sit, who who habitually sits, you know, in a chair like I am now, mm. and sits on one leg, that's a sign. That's a symptom. Not always, but things. She'll tell tell you all about all this when she comes on the show later. And between now and eight, I promise, I promise the the number one hack to de-escalate a row with your spouse if you've got the schutzpah to say the necessary phrase. <laughs> During your heated exchange. Not just sorry. Who <laughs> oh, knew? No. Okay. No, it's not that odd at all. Abigailing Worthing says, uh, Morning, Chris Vassar, Rachel. Today's World Down Syndrome Day. On this day, we wear crazy or odd socks to get people talking. <laughs> I do that anyway. I've got them on today. Uh, I'm joining in. I knew all about this. No, I didn't. Uh, the theme of World Down Syndrome Day this year is inclusion means which calls for efforts to include people with Down syndrome in all matters of life and not discriminate against them. Well, good luck to you. And uh, text us again um, twice before the end of the show, so we keep doing it, please, because we forget otherwise. Philippa in Surrey says, this evening I'm off to the Oscars of the Charity World. The Smiley Charity Film Awards tonight at Leicester Square. I work for the inclusive cycling charity Wheels for All, which helps disabled people learn to ride bikes, and our promo film has been nominated for an award. Please wish us lots of luck. Good luck. By the way, uh, back to Wheels and Doors. We haven't had that discussion for a while. Do you remember the answer? Oh, I think it was Doors, wasn't no, it? No, it was Wheels. Oh, I thought it was no, Doors. It's, it's Wheels by Millions. No, it's, no, it's Doors. No, because it's of not. kitchens and it's, things. No, it's not. It's and Wheels. Houses. It's Wheels. Don't um, Gong Bass Vassos. Forget that for a second. Pause that. Put a pin in it quick. Mm. Hi, Chris and Vassos. It would be a pleasure to provide Gong Bass services to you and Caroline. The only issue is I'm in Gravesend. 
Andy at thegongbath.com. Well, you do travel on date day, don't you? Yeah, we do. Gravesend's Kent, isn't it? Gravesend is Kent. It's on the way to Whitstable. Well, there you go. Yeah, I once did a... It's meant to be. Um, I once did a, a hostage-taking course in Gravesend. Excellent. <laughs> Debbie... Um, I've done one of those. Hi, Chris Vassas and Rachel. You can always come for a gong bath here in Sidmouth, also in Kent. Maybe Kent's the uh, gong bath capital of um, Europe. And there's her gong bath area. Wow, Look at that. What yes, a space. That's, that's very awesome. gong bathy, isn't it? I can almost hear them now. All right, um, so we have a lovely lady on. On the show. Not a lovely lady. No, she's not a lovely lady. She's a genius. She's also a lovely lady, but she's a genius she's sent from heaven um, or wherever you think the high power comes from to, to help us all here on this planet. Her name is Sarah. And my wife, uh, Natasha, has texted me twice and called me once, and now she's on the phone because she needs to tell you, she needs to convey to you uh, via me. She may not want to do this, but I know that it's going to be useful, and I know that actually this is, this is her point. She wants to convey how, what a difference Sarah and her team and other companies that, that have a similar narrative and other people in the world that have a similar um, knowledge and wisdom to Sarah and her teams have helped people, families like us. Good morning, darling. Hello. I can't believe you've just got me on. I know. This is the most emotional I've felt about anything you've ever done. <laughs> it's just so important to know that she covers on so many, she covers so many different, uh, sorry, pull it together. So many different layers of, of, of adults and children. The, the things that she's helped with Eli is not just about his um, reading and writing, his ADHD and his um, dyslexia. It's everything. It's his anxiety. It's depression. He's currently going through a biomedical program with them, which... Um, just helps him through his dopamine levels and we all know about gut microbiome being uh, attached to your brain it's so powerful and she does it all with care and love but mostly she does it without any form of medication whatsoever so he has things like zinc the magnesium zinc balance uh, potassium um, omega-3 it's all of that and nothing else and it has changed his life Irreversibly, it, once it, once you go through the program, it never changes back. And um, he has changed our life as a family because he's just an amazing child. But he's very desperately difficult sometimes. And um, I just wanted to say that, but I was hoping to say it to you, not to everybody else. I know, but it's important because I'm with you all the way. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing the show here. As you, as everybody's completely aware, silly thing to say, but coming from you, because you, you, you are at the front line of this, and I can't convey it as powerfully as that. Well, that's kind of why I wanted to call, because to call you. I know. <laughs> because I work, you know, it's, yes, it definitely changed his um, school life 100%, and of course, as a child, that's a, a large part of, of your life, but, you know, um, having Eli homeschooled for a year and a bit, you know, that, that just to see how, it, particularly lockdown, you know, we've talked about this a lot, that lockdown showed so many pe parents how much that their ch children were struggling, um, you know, and that relationship between them and the rest of the family because we're all kind of closed in and, you know, that really highlighted everything and to, to, to be able to do something about it, this wonderful, wonderful place, that can just help you and they will they like i say once you've done all these exercises that you can do it's not medication it is irreversible it, it once it's done it's completely done just one second eli can you stop playing the piano please? <laughs> <laughs> um right on cue <laughs> um you know he's 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 so much happier in himself it means that he is so much happier with his siblings there's not so many arguments you know i mean i even can identify some of the things in in walt now um so that helps me as a parent know how to cope that it's not something that they're just being really annoying or defiant or badly behaved it's just it's it's so much bigger than just be for them to be able to read of course that's a that's a massive massive deal but um, just to be able to be happy in their lives, I can't, I cannot convey you can. enough. You can how... and you are. You're doing amazing work. Okay. Thank well. you. 
Listen, I must I'm, to sort out. You're going to be late for everything now. Sorry about that, but I think it was worth no, it. No, I'm just that. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to to, to really know. like tell everybody how much it's changed our lives. So. You can duff me up later. It's fine. <laughs> I owe you one. Thank you. All love right. you. Love you. Bye. Have a lovely morning. Bye bye. Kate says, three years ago, I heard you mentioned the key clinic at the time my son was under testing for ADHD at school, wanted him to drop a year. We knew he was normal at home, so we couldn't understand. Went to the key clinic and they changed everything. Three years on, all is fixed. He's middle in his class and a bright and amazingly happy child. Listening to you today is very emotional. Right back at you. Rachel says, I'm so glad you have Sarah Worley on the show today. My grandson Rupert was, has autism and now the school wants to check William for ADHD. I'm feeling a bit lost. So I don't really know what it is, so I'm really looking forward to hearing Sarah. And the whole thing that Tash touched upon there with lockdown is, you know, there is this r- sort, of, um, sort of story loop that's on repeat, isn't that? You know, of our kids, you know, when they were at home during lockdown, they really struggled. You know, we, we could see them struggling with, with the lack of freedom and communication and sort of uh, physical proximity to their friends. Yeah, sure, sure, 100%. Or is that just what they're like every day, but we don't get to see it? You know, maybe they were str- maybe a lot more of our children are struggling more than we think on a daily basis. And we go, oh, pandemic. Well, what if it, you know, what if a lot of children are challenged with learning differences, not difficulties? They are difficult, but they just, they start off different. So let's, let's leave it there, shall we? Let, you know, let's not take it any further forward unhelpfully. You know, maybe that's the thing, you know, I think it probably is, you know, but what do I know? Right, so where, where do you want to go next? It's up to you. Wheels or doors? Uh, the answer is out there. It's definitive. By the way, it's prime over, just briefly. <laughs> we said, we said, I think prime might be over. Yeah, prime's it's, done. It's still 12 quid in the sweet shop near us, but it's basically £2.50 everywhere else. Mm. The, the cans are still bringing yes, a premium. Yeah, stop chatting about it. Yeah, I think prime's I think, not over. It's not over as a drink. It's, no. actually, it's actually really nice. I've only had the KSI oh. flavour. I liked it. I didn't. Oh, you didn't no, like it? No. no. Oh, 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 it's oh, like, oh, it's good, like yeah. two, two, um, two, two sweet squash. Squash without enough water in it. Concentrated. Undiluted. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I quite liked it. Um, so uh, wheels and doors. Quickly, wheels and doors. <laughs> Definitively and by far, you're right, wheels. But you both said I was wrong. Yes, we did. Emphatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How we, come? We misremembered. Did you? <laughs> yes. Well, well done for... Looking facts up. Yep. Um, this chap I want to talk to you about. If you love our podcast and if you have taken recommendations from our podcast in the past, and I know that many of you have, Rich Roll, greatest podcast. Okay. Um, Tim Ferry Show, brilliant podcast. Uh, lots of other amazing shows. Andrew Sheedman, ridiculously good pop- podcast. I mean, just ridiculously good. Who else? Um, uh, you got uh, Sam Harris, off the chain unbelievably good i love joe rogan a youtube podcast of course i do uh, depending on who he has on but just generally uh, amazing fantastic conversationalist uh, unbelievable human being you know and also 55 56 55 i'm having that i'm having all his juice inspires me every day another one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world is a thing called it doesn't tip off the tongue it's called the knowledge project and it's by this guy called shane parish now you may never have heard of this i have mentioned it before but it's so good. He's so good. He's Canadian. He used to work for the Canadian Secret Service. It just makes me giggle. I don't know why. I think for some reason they wouldn't have one. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I don't, they don't seem like a nation that keeps secrets, the old Canadians. And he talks about that quite a lot. He giggles, he giggles along to that um, quite a lot. But his latest podcast, The Knowledge Project, stars this guy called Jim Detmer. Jim is 70. He's a genius. I don't know. I think he's quite well off. Um, I don't know if he made it. He works with Diana Chapman, who we've had on this show. Um, She talks about the drama triangle. So the drama triangle's great. So lots of people live in the drama triangle. And you will know these people. And I know these people. I used to be one of these people. I used to live in the drama triangles with them. So the drama triangle features three characters at each corner of the triangle. It doesn't have to be equilateral. It can be isosceles. It can be anything. But it has these three corners, uh, the three apexes. And it has a, a villain and it has a victim, and it has a hero. And the person telling you the story will only ever inhabit two of those three characters. They will either be the victim or the hero. They will never be the villain. The villain will change. The villain can change. They don't really care who the villain is as long as it's not them, and it never will be them. And some days they'll be the victim, and they'll say, oh, I've had a really bad morning. And some days they'll be 
And they hear us saying, oh, I've had a great morning because I did all this kind of stuff. That, and they live in the drama triangle. And now he, refer, he would refer to the wheels and doors conversation as, well, um, facts don't cause arguments, but the stories about them do. Facts never cause arguments, but stories do. This is, that, that is all in this podcast. He also talks about people who withhold the truth, okay? So, <clears throat> excuse me, if you withhold what you're feeling, because it's very important to feel your feelings, all right? But if you withhold what you're feeling, which might necessarily be a bad thing or a, a cynical thing, but this is what happens next. And this is the only thing that can happen next, right? If somebody withholds their truth or their feelings or whatever they're withholding, what happens after you withhold is you withdraw and then you project. Because if you withhold, you have to withdraw because you don't want to open your mouth or you don't want to be near people in case your paranoia says, oh, they can think what I'm feeling and I don't want them to know what I'm feeling. And you don't know why you don't want them to know, but there's a reason. So you withhold, you withdraw, and then you have to project because you haven't told anybody how you're feeling, but you need to prove to yourself that it's right. So you have to project on unspoken conversations to, in situations on people that haven't got the first clue what you're thinking. And that is what, until he talks about that. I mean, how great is that? Mm. This is all on the same podcast. But my favourite part of the podcast, and I'm not finished listening to it, I've got 11 minutes left. But he keeps just dropping these bombs, these, these, these beautifully sage bombs. Boom, boom. Here comes another one. Bang. My favourite is this one. Okay. If you're having a row with your spouse... <laughs> If you're having a row with your spouse and it's going nowhere and never goes anywhere, they never go anywhere because they're never about... There's a lot of projection. There's a lot of withholding in the past, withdrawing in the past and projection on the present. Mm -hmm. And that's why you, do, you go, what is this argument about? Even from my point of view, what is it about? But then, of course, you're arguing you and they're arguing them, starts arguing, and the real you and the real them have gone off for a fag break, right? And it's still going on. And he says, if you can have some kind of tell that makes you remember that you're having an argument, this is what you need to say in the middle of the argument. You need to politely ask the other person to stop talking or just, excuse me, can we just pause a second? And then you need to say this phrase. <laughs> and the phrase is, there's something I really need to tell you before we carry on with this madness. I haven't listened to a word you've said for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> and apparently if you say that, yep. it's the beginning of everything being okay. It may not be okay straight away, but if you, say, if you <clears throat> can have the presence of mind and the pause, frankly, mm. to say that in the middle of an argument. I don't think I would. <laughs> no, but I, said, I, no, I know I don't. I'm never saying that. No, but the, then the next thing you say, he says, the next thing you say is, I'm, re I'm really sorry. I haven't been listening to what you've been saying for the last 15 minutes. Or you could say, hoping that they're, they're available for nuance, which they're probably not, because they're, they're still probably in there arguing them. You could say, I'm sorry, I haven't heard what you've been saying for the last 15 minutes, which is just as bad. And hopefully potentially useful in the very near future, hopefully in the next 10 seconds. And then you say... Can we just go back to the beginning? What is the issue here? You know, what what is your what is your what is the problem? You know, what is the bump in the road? Because frankly, I, f I don't know. And then you go back to the beginning, and it's a de-escalation of the the momentum that has seemed to have its own thing going on. The snowball running down the hill that's going to envelop the whole village, and nobody's going to win. I can. I like it. I like it too. I like it. I mean, it's... I'm still too scared. Yeah, to me do. too. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? <laughs> I'll definitely use that one. I, I you don't mind using that one? No. <laughs> I haven't been listening. That's just it! You never listen! <laughs> Why did God give you ears? Yeah. You never listen! Waste of a perfectly pair of good ears on you! <laughs> Tash just called up again to reconfirm she is a mess. <laughs> oh. I said, don't worry, I'm not going to put you on. Hi, babe! <laughs> Sweetheart, we've got so much love coming in for you, understandably so. So, congratulations and well done, because that was awesome what you said. Well, it comes from the heart, doesn't it? That's that's the thing. Yeah, it does. It's when it, when you when you just like really mean it, and it really means 
means everything. Like it, that's why I wanted to say that to you because you're still on. By the way, you do know. Oh, I'm right on. <laughs> I, I, I could tell from the, the, your tone you didn't know you're on. <laughs> that's who I live with. That's Tasha's real voice. Um, uh, uh, here we go. Just, uh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I want to read you some no, text no, out. No, you're on. I just wanted you to hear this. It's really important that you hear this, okay? It's really important. Michelle in Sunderland, loads of texts coming in for Tash. Uh, first time text to hear. Uh, we've been through a similar journey with our child that is now in education other than school, says Michelle. It's hard to hear Tash's tears of joy and relief, but it's exactly what others go through and need to hear. So well done. Because that speak, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, these are real sort of tears of... of um, empathy because it is joy and despair all in one and that's why you're so triggered isn't it because you remember the despair you 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 honor the relief and you you now are sort of almost um sort of heady with joy because you are so grateful that's the whole point of that combination isn't it that's why you're so moved completely and you know to know that 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 they well, I know how many people they help, and Sarah sends me some testimonials. It's and you 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 can see that somebody else can be helped from from this, and you know you see it all the time when people are struggling. And I've recommended them so many times because there's so many parents out there, and actually adults or partners that recognise that they their kids have different kinds of behaviours that are disruptive to school to them but most you know they could do something about it that's the, that's the most incredible that's the thing point. that's the point you know, they don't have to they don't have to struggle no but but the struggle gets you where you need to be or go um i love you see you later i love you i love you bye bye Vasus, over to you our next guest knows almost as well as duran duran that the reflex is in charge of finding treasure in the dark and that retained reflexes may be key to unlocking your kids hidden potential so please welcome the founder of the key clinic what's the story sarah Worley. good morning sarah good morning morning everyone oh thanks so much for coming on the show thanks for everything so let's get right in there um, Eli, my son Eli, came to see you with his mum. Um, what did you notice about Eli straight away? What then did you find out more about him? And what did you do to help him? And thank you for everything. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, what we spend our time doing is trying to figure out what the root causes of difficulties are rather than getting too hung up on the diagnosis and the label. So, you know, we assessed Eli across a range of things and we found, yeah, he had a load of what are called primitive reflexes. These are little baby reflexes that shouldn't be hanging around after a baby's first birthday and when they're there they kind of mess everything up they mess up your eye tracking your balance your coordination all those sorts of things so we worked on that with him um, we also gave him a hearing test and we found the way in which he was hearing language was a bit strange. It was, uh, we see this with dyslexia, it was muddled up. And so that was another area we corrected. And then more recently, we worked on some biochemical imbalances that we found. Right. So already so much to unpack just there from what you said. <laughs> so first yeah. of all, what are primitive reti- retained reflexes? What are they? Yeah. So these are reflexes we all have. You know, when a baby's born, their brain's only about 20% developed. And that first year of life, we all these little reflex movements and they're there to create wiring in the brain to make things happen easy for us later on in life. Now normally they should have completed their process by a year of age but sometimes they don't and they hang around past their cell by date and they're like gremlins in the works. They mess everything up, your balance, your coordination, even your emotional responses to things. So they should leave us between sort of 12 months and two years. Exactly. How many of them approximately are there? Oh, there are a load of different reflexes. Right. So there are, you know, 10, 12 primitive reflexes. Yeah. And okay. then there are other reflexes. So they stick around. Yeah. Why do some people not lose them naturally? So there's a lot of research that's been done on this and there are certain things that make it more likely that they'll stick around. So, for example, if there was a difficult birth process, um, C-section is increased probability. If you miss certain uh, neurodevelopmental milestones, if you didn't crawl, for example, there are genetic links. Um, there's a load of different stuff that can tie into making it more likely. So that's that's a, we therefore are growing up from that age with an internal um, uh, confusion, a, a ball of confusion, yeah. a locked ball of confusion, yeah. which is why you, I presume, I've never had this That's conversation with you, you call your clinic the key clinic because you can unlock it. We're unlocking it, yeah. Okay, now this can, you can unlock things at any age. Yeah. And so a lot of 
children that are brought to you come and see you and you you fix literally fix their mums and dads often uh, is it genetic there is there are some genetic links to it yeah certainly with things like dyslexia and with adhd um yeah and we often end up treating the parents as well you know the apple often doesn't fall far from the tree so there's always a lot going on i understand that so some typical therapies just just give us a, a, a sense a taste of what they might be of what they are so for retained reflexes the way we get rid of them is we do this these very slow controlled what are called neurodevelopmental exercises little movements you have to do every day for sort of five ten minutes every day over a period of time and what you're doing is giving the body a second chance to develop so you're re-stimulating until the reflex has had enough then it throws in the towel and it's gone for good you don't need to repeat it and that's when you get those breakthroughs in functioning and we've done these at home you know we did them with Noah as well didn't yeah. we um, yeah. and uh, they're <laughs> they're really they're really funny there's a feather one there's a tapping one you know and it's all is it about getting the, the left side of the body to talk to the right side of the body and sort of overcome this this separation in the middle that's one particular reflex right. yeah and it's one we find in 90% of people with dyslexia and it literally divides the body in two so your eyes jump at the midline point and your hand can't cross the midline so that particular one yeah we get rid of the reflex and then suddenly the two sides can communicate together so the more we find out about things that are preventative and free in the world like sleep and breathing and hot and cold and exercise and things like that the more people like me because um i'm an idiot get frustrated that the rest of the world a doesn't know this b even from the people who don't know this don't do anything about it you must be that times a thousand mustn't you because dyslexia is a it's a massive issue it's been talked about for years and years and years and this is at the heart of a lot of it and you know regardless of how much sort of reading therapy you have and thousands of hours spent with beautiful lovely amazingly committed and dedicated people this it's not an easy fix but it is a real long-lasting fix for dyslexia yeah i mean i think that was my frustration at the beginning i was seeing all these labels all these diagnoses being given out but not a lot being done to figure out why you know why is the problem there and what can you actually do to target the root cause so you know reflexes that's just one part of it right you know, with dyslexia and, and with a load of other things, how you hear has a massive impact on Can things. you take us into the next field then? Yeah, so so how you hear, um, very often people come to us and say, oh, I've had a hearing test, there's no problem. And what they mean is there's no deafness. But you might have, for example, through-the-roof hypersensitive hearing. And that means you're going to be distractible because you can't block out background noises. You're listening to the overhead light bulb or what's happening three classrooms away. So we can bring that within a sort of normal level. Um, hearing as well, again, with dyslexia, there's a a strange effect and this was one that Eli had where things just get jumbled up the order of words coming into the brain and the higher brain has to work harder and harder to unscramble that mess again we can sort that part out and there are even hearing curves linked to depression that seem to be causative factors. So we work on all of that stuff as well. And so let, now let's introduce hyperactivity into the yeah. to the party. Mm. And so, you know, lots of kids are diagnosed, sometimes diagnosed, but they're observed to be hyperactive. That's because they have this massive frustration inside, yeah. which is like a, a, the wall of a dam with all this energy pushing against it, and they don't know what to do with it. And the the dam is too strong to breach. And yeah. so where does it go? Yeah, and it's beyond conscious control. I think that's really important to say. So the work that we're doing there is really pioneering work. It's come out of somewhere called the Walsh Institute in the States. And this biochemist, 88 years old, spent his time analysing differences in biochemistry in those with hyperactivity and all sorts of different mental health problems. And he found a really interesting thing. He found 70 to 90% of those with ADHD just happen to have an imbalance in zinc to copper, okay? They don't have enough zinc, they've got too much copper, they don't produce enough dopamine and they overproduce that adrenaline and that noradrenaline that makes them hyper. So, yes, you can correct it by trying to sort of put a drug in and suppress it, but what we're doing is giving the body what the brain needs to flourish without having to do that. So, you know, and, and we treat different types. He found five completely different types of depression, each one requiring a very distinct way of treating it. So, you know, that's that's. I think it's the future of psychiatry and it's work we're trying to pioneer. So when I look at this little box that Eli has next mm. to his breakfast and his tea time, yeah. you know, it's not medication. 
it's these are all very it's called nutrient therapy so they're very targeted supplements so you could have the best diet in the world but Mm. if you're born not able to absorb enough of something or to excrete enough it's going to directly impact your neurotransmitter levels and and other things your health your immunity your skin all sorts of things so what we're doing is giving the body what it needs to get it back to what i call its natural blueprint of functioning so so our brain our mind uh, whatever the difference between those two things are or is rather, um, that our mind, our brain can affect our our biochemistry and our biochemistry can affect our brain and our mind and our thoughts. And and that's what many, many people forget, aren't aware of, choose to forget. It's not dissimilar with exercise. So, you know, with exercise, you get to a point, especially now because of technology, where many people are living from the neck up. And what they do, what they find themselves doing because they know they just don't want to accept they know. They do know that they know. They don't want to drag around the body because the body becomes cumbersome and heavy. And they don't. They literally don't want it anymore. And so in order f- to forget that, they then have to anaesthetise themselves with whatever it is. It's distraction. It could be the TV. It could be It's anything non-physical. It's food. It's alcohol. It's other things we could talk about. I won't talk about them on the show. Um And if you then get into your body and you exercise, you remind your mind that it has a partner, the Lennon to its McCartney, and that together you are stronger, you know, and this is all so important. And that's the mind brain body biochemistry divide that if you can can sort of um, reconnect with, you have all this power, you have all your guns blazing, all your beans available. Do you know, I'm so passionate about what you've just said, I can't tell you, because this strange divide that we've created between the brain and the body, it's completely artificial. I mean, 80% of the chemicals in your brain are manufactured in your gut. So if you've got a gut problem, you've got a brain problem. But, you know, traditionally psychiatry sits in one department and gastroenterology sits in another. So what we've we've done is sort of not divide it. So we're treating physical health and mental health conditions we're treating the body brain and body as one because that's how it actually is yeah it's it's amazing you know and it's far easier for the body to sustain the head than the head to sustain the body and it's a joy isn't it it's a joy when she it's that upward spiral of positive addiction you know, which yeah. is still addiction, I suppose, but it's better to be it's something good for you. Yeah. Well, for you. going for a good walk in yeah. nature is as effective as an antidepressant yeah. or many studies. Right, Vassos has got a question for you. So you, we, we've met before. Um, you've met my son, Matthew, who is absolutely... I mean, he is prime for, you know, he's... As you know, you know, he's, he's so bright. He's so quick-witted. He's so funny. Um, and yet he struggles above all our other children at school. And we, 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 we came to you. Um, we've done the exercises. And I, I think it was a function of the fact that it was prime lockdown as well. It was, it was deep and lots of Everything had to be online, didn't it? And then he, he, we did the exercises. And he, he didn't get on with them. And I wonder, you know... Should we should we should we start again? Basically, yeah, because was, he, he we didn't see it through. If we're honest, yeah, I was going to say that, and that's because you're a sporty, sporty family, and he was off doing sporty, sporty things, you know, which is terrific. But these exercises are very, very targeted. They've been researched to death, and you know, without doing them, the body can't correct itself yeah. on its own. And I mean, the way I liken it is, we're all born with a blueprint. Our bodies have a blueprint for how to function really well, and that blueprint can get knocked off course for all sorts of reasons. You know, it can be tricky birth. It can be missing stages. It can be a traumatic event in life, etc. So all we're doing is nudging the body, giving it targeted stimulation to get it back to that natural blueprint. But it doesn't happen on its own, unfortunately. Does does it happen kind of all at once or is there a sort of gradual progression? We start with what I call the earliest scratch on the record. So the earliest developmental point where things went wrong mm. and we target that, we sort that out and then we move on in developmental order. But as I said, I mean, it might be that auditory um, could be a factor. It's one that people very often overlook mm. and, and don't consider in the mix. Because well, you think of dyslexia, you think about reading, don't you? That's that's what happens. But, but the whole thing is, if you think about reading, yeah. if you're hearing the words slightly yeah, the wrong know, way around, I how know, on earth can you associate it with you know patterns? So at, everyone with dyslexia has an auditory processing well, I problem. I don't know if I've got it. I know you have your suspicions about me. I want to talk I've to never said that, No, Chris. no, but you said that to, to Tash. And by the way, it was a relief. It, honestly, it oh. was it was fantastic. But I, I I have to read lots of books for the show. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I read one book at school, Black Beauty by Anna Searle. You know, I was supposed to read My Family and Other Animals by Gerald Earls, but it, you know what? Here's a confession. I didn't. I went to see the play. I just about got away with it. But um, <laughs> but I now speed read, and I find it so much easier to speed read. Yeah. Probably because yeah. I have the tendency to, you know, have low-level or high-level dyslexia. Yeah. Um, I just find it much easier to speed read than, than read more slowly. Rachel? So I know and love a very special 10-year-old girl who has just very recently received an autism diagnosis. Um, and it's the sort of thing that lots of people around her would have been unaware of because of the masking, um, but something that when she would get home, it would be apparent that that was a very exhausting experience of whatever she'd had. It seems to be sensory issues, lights, um, the uncertainty about what's coming next. What And this family, it's only very recent this has happened. What advice would you give them? Where should they be looking? What should they be doing? OK, so there are so many things with, with autistic spectrum. First thing I think to say is we treat it very much as a metabolic disorder because gut functioning is out. The immune system's often dysregulated. Detoxification pathways are out. So we start with sorting out the gut um, and getting that functioning as it should. Very often there's very hypersensitive hearing that goes with autistic spectrum. And again, that's something you can correct. We do sort of very, we've been working with a leading professor of audiology in London and you can correct it within a a 10 day programme. That can have breakthroughs in functioning. So we're not, you know, curing, but if we can bring that within a normal level, suddenly everything else becomes more bearable. And there's also one reflex that creates exactly the symptoms you've just described. It's called the Morrow reflex, the early startle reflex. That can create dislike of change, hypersensitivity to everything, light, sound, touch, texture. So again, as with everything, the reason we're multidisciplinary is we take our time trying to figure out the root cause because for different people there are different root causes you can have three kids with anxiety or three adults with anxiety in three very different causes it's great isn't it because already the hurdle isn't as high as you might think it is you know and there's that great phrase you can't fix the mind with you can't fix your mind with your mind other people can maybe fix it with their minds but once again our minds often overplay their hands or we allow our minds to overplay their hands and if you start with the body there's so much more going on in the factory as opposed to the the management offices you know and if you change the production line or you change the ingredients or da 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 and that's what you're doing that's exactly what we're doing we're basically creating the perfect environment in the body for the brain to flourish yeah And I just think that for some reason, because a problem manifests itself as seemingly some complicated mental problem, we assume that's where it originates. But maybe it doesn't. So we spend our time literally swimming upstream. From It's like being Sherlock Holmes, trying to figure out why, where is the problem? There's so much to be said for upstream Upstream. thinking or investigation or analysis. It's amazing. I have some questions here. Um, (laughs) I'm going to rifle through them. You do what you want on the other end of them. Okay. (laughs) Caroline, sorry, Caroline from Sutton Cofield. I find the whole retained primitive reflex topic fascinating. Why is it not more known about and widely practised in the UK? Also, what is the youngest age you would start assessing someone and is there a maximum limit to the age. Yeah, so it depends what they've got going on. You wouldn't do any reflex work till they're about six, seven years of age. Um, it depends what they've got going on. We can do auditory work from, from three and, and biomedical work from about three years of age. Um, and don't worry, you know, don't ever feel it's too late. We work with loads of adults. We've done tons of work with adults. Um, so it's, it's never too late. The longer it's locked for, or mm. somebody is locked for, or something's locked in someone for, is it more harder, more difficult? Mm. Because I... Tash told me this. She said it can be more traumatic the older you become once you become unlocked, but it's still worth the journey. Yes, it can be, especially if you're tackling things like a Mori reflex. You know, we sort of warn people to hang on to their hats a little bit. Um, but it's worth doing. I mean, we've treated, you know, I've treated an agoraphobic who was sort of locked in her home for five years because because she had these... And you know, and, and she was able, after three months of exercises, to get in her car and, and sort of, you know, oh. drive to us. She did years of psychiatry, loads of drugs. Um, so, but it's not all, what I'm trying to say is it's not all about the reflexes. People have heard of us about that, but that's not necessarily yeah, what it's going to Yeah, but if that gets across the, the doorstep, that's no. all you need, isn't yeah, it, yeah, really? Yeah. Nikki in Buckinghamshire, my 13-year-old daughter, heroically struggles on a daily basis. Heroically struggles. That's yeah, the thing, isn't that's... it? <sighs> yeah. With dyslexia, dyscalculia working memory, processing issues, and we think possibly ADHD. Is it true that ADHD presents differently in girls than it does in boys? And what can we do to best support her as every day is like running through treacle? It is that word heroically struggles. And I think it's it's the acknowledgement that all of these children are, you know, underperforming relative to how smart they are. Every day is a battle for them. Um, you know, God, all I will say is just please don't, please don't give up. There's a ton of stuff you can do to make life easier. That's what we're basically doing. We're trying to 
you know, when you do that and then the child grows in confidence, that's the main thing, then, then you know you're, you're winning. And yes, with, with ADHD, girls are very good at masking all sorts of things, right? ADHD, ASD, they're brilliant at it. Um, but, but just don't, don't despair. There's a ton that can be done is what I want to say. And trying to do the right thing is the right thing. So just yeah. keep trying. Just yeah, keep trying. Just, yes, exactly. Sarah and Kenilworth, autism came to the service for my now 14-year-old during lockdown. His school has been amazing. I have an appointment for an assessment on Thursday. However, he's refusing to go as he doesn't want the diagnosis. So I tried reframing mm. it as a superpower, but I think he's scared. Also, 14, entirely different to 8, 9, 10 years old. You know, so crazy. Half the brain missing for a start in puberty. <laughs> Any ideas how I can persuade, persuade him to go? Great question. It's a great question. And we find 14, 15 years, and boys actually, hardest to get to comply <laughs> at that age. That's like a nightmare that age. Was, that, that was when, that was when <laughs> you, you saw Matthew. Was. He was 14 <laughs> and he had to do it on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nightmare <laughs> age to deal with. But, uh, you know, again, you know, if you if you have a diagnosis, then yes, you're able to access better support. Um, if he doesn't want to do that, then instead, let's just take a look at what some of the underlying causes are. Because again, a, a diagnosis... As with most of these things, it's about finding ways around the problem. But I just find it way more interesting to find out what's actually going on, what's actually causing yeah. those symptoms. And what's interesting is that lockdown reference again. You know, a lot of people said that this is because of lockdown. You know, they're really struggling with lockdown. Yeah. No, it's just that you're seeing them for the first time, full time, Monday through Friday. This is their lives. You know, this is this is how it is yeah. for them. Oh, this lockdown is terrible. Lockdown was an opportunity, a portal. Parents for... were amazed. Parents, were, they'd never seen just the degree of effort and struggle, the noble struggle that. The and, children but it wasn't because of COVID. It was because that's that's what oh. they saw. Yeah, and the her heroism of teachers as well. Oh, thinking, best. gosh, oh, coping every day. You know, and so, you know, school's not for everyone. And you know, is it forty-seven percent of people are, yeah. are challenged by things they don't realise they're challenged by from an yeah. from a learning point of view? Is yeah, it, it's it's it, nearly it's half. A, it's isn't a it? very high number. And if we can get proactive, get on the front foot with this. And again, you look, for example, prison populations disproportionately high number of people with learning and behavioural difficulties. But you know, with everything, I just think we've got to move from this model of reactive and trying to support and trying to find ways around the elephant in the room. And the same, by the way, goes for our physical health, yeah. you know, because that's reactive. We wait till people are sick and we throw drugs at a problem. Yeah. But becoming proactive and saying, let's just take the time to figure out the root causes and go from there in treating mental and physical health. So we've got loads more questions. We've got yeah. no more time. Um, <laughs> the keyclinic.co.uk is where you need to go. Also, bebright.co.uk, what are they doing at the moment? Um, well, actually, we're moving the name back to the key. It's all in the key clinic right. at the moment. So that's dealing with adults, we're doing adults and also coming into companies and dealing with burnout epidemic all, all right, of that. So, yeah, so if, let's use burnout mm. as a title. All right, give us four, five, six other titles that if you are encountering these personally, you know, with a friend, uh, with a loved one, collectively with other people, what kind of things would you help with? So that burnout is one. Go. So burnout is one. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, within companies and for individuals, um, depression, being very specific to test for the type of depression because antidepressants only work on a relatively small group um, of population. Against, again, the microbiome is nearly everything. It is nearly everything. Yeah. So, we would, you know, with that, with anxiety, um, all sorts of chronic health conditions, you know, it is possible to rewrite your future health trajectory as an adult. Yeah. By especially now. Especially now, by <gasps> taking the time. You know, if we really love the NHS, the NHS is there for acute care. But what we're doing is trying to empower people, giving them the knowledge and the tools and the support to turn around their future trajectory. OK, now this is a paid for service. What about people who can't afford it? What are you doing there? What can they do? Yeah. What options and opportunities do they have like at 5 to 10 on Tuesday, the 21st of March? Yeah, OK. So first thing I'd say, if we're talking about children, adults, most people in this country are low in very basic things. So vitamin D, zinc, zinc picolinate is really important one to take antioxidants it's getting your circadian rhythm right just getting up in the morning getting out getting that sunlight going for a walk even if it's hideous weather that's really important um i know it sounds basic starting the day with a protein rich diet sometimes just tackling the physical is enough to alleviate depression getting that routine right you know getting people off screens as you said getting them back into their body these things are very very effective at turning things around and any, anywhere any sort of institutions they can go to um, not that I know of. I would love in the future world for every teacher in a school to be trained up in all the stuff that we're doing to be able to deliver this thing, you know, all of this at scale to people. Um, you know, we're just not there yet. But yeah. I would love that to happen. And isn't it true that because you go into schools and you see things, don't you? Can yeah. you, you <laughs> my, my 
cousin, he's like my uncle, but my uncle was once paid for a bit to play golf with potential CEOs for companies by the companies. But they didn't know. I don't know if it's legal even. <laughs> if it's legal, you can do that. And <laughs> the reason they did it is because these, because the companies could tell more from a, a person's reaction, response and whole um, mindset and approach to playing golf than they ever could in an interview. It's not dissimilar to you when you see people, is it? You can, yeah. can you diagnose from like 100 miles? <laughs> oh, God, I don't like to use the term diagnose. <laughs> no, I know. But, but, sorry, you know you what know, I mean. But can I you know what you mean. Certain... I can recognise. And once you see the world this way, it's very hard to unsee it, yeah. you know. But, you know, what we're doing with adults, though, we're doing uh, what we're calling intelligent healthy coding. So we're carrying out a very specific tests and, you know, being able to actually, I think, for the first time, connect the dots for people. So they, you know, they realise why they have this symptom, that symptom, and where it's heading, and more importantly, what can be done about right, it. Right, we so. have one more minute. Off oh, you okay. go. Just say anything you can to help oh. people in a minute. Uh, yeah, don't give up hope. There is tons you can do to, to totally turn around the future trajectory, whether you're an adult, whether you're a child. But I think the key is, you know, spending the time to get to understand what the root causes are and targeting those rather than just trying to suppress the symptoms eternally. Yeah, and 91% of us are non-neurotypical. So why the heck is it called neurotypical? When it Can I just tell you, I don't 9%. even think it exists. I don't think neurotypical, well, certainly not in, in anyone I know. But or why anyone is it in my called family, neurotypical you know? when it's 9% of the population? That's bonkers. But also, how boring would the world be? Of if course! How boring, and evolutionarily, it wouldn't make any sense. I mean, Silicon Valley are all neurodiverse, yeah. you know. Uh, leaders of the, of the world are neurodiverse because they're interesting. You are. Um, because <laughs> listen to this one. Listen to what she's done in her life. And she cracks on every day with all this energy and she comes in here with all this aura. How very dare she? Um, uh, so Sarah completed postgraduate training in neurophysiological psychologist at the Institute of Neurophysiological Psychology and has also qualified as an auditory integration therapist, a Walsh Institute practitioner and a Bioflex triple LT practitioner. She's also lived in the US, the US, Japan, Singapore and the French Alps. Some people take life by the scruff of the <laughs> neck and they wring it out for every ounce of whatever's in there. And this is one one of them, Rachel. Well and you're done, another Sarah. one, Rachel. Oh, and you're and I, another one, Vassos. And I got four kids. And she got four children kids. as well, which I forgot to mention. That was a stupid and a rubbish. It's all going so well. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, for more about Sarah, thekeyclinic.co.uk. But there is help out there. Often it starts with what you put in your mouth, uh, whether it's food, whether it's hydration, nutrition, and how you move. You were given a body for a reason. Many people can't move their bodies. If you can, you have to. If not for your sake, for their sake alone. Goodbye.